0: I'm Damian Johnson.
1: I'm AJ Atkinson. I'm Fairmang Teray Jr. And welcome to the DPT Expedition.
0: We are current physical therapy students in Boston.
1: Discussing our real life experiences and perspectives. In a real, unedited fashion.
0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of the DPT Expedition. This is your boy Damian. And I'm joined by my fellow co-host, AJ Fairman. How y'all doing?
2: I'm good, Damian. Good to see you, bro.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Good to see you guys too. And so this one goes out to our business-minded DPT students, because we are joined by the fellows behind Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. Please welcome Paul O'Chang and Carl Barn Jr.
3: What's going on? How y'all doing? Thank you so much for having us. It's a blessing to be here, for real. Facts, facts. What Carl said, I'm happy to be here.
0: Hey, man, I'm happy you guys joined this podcast because all right, know you guys are about to drop some knowledge, but for the people who don't know you guys, can you just do like a little synopsis of who you are and what you do?
4: All right, bet. Um, Carl usually goes first. I don't know why he's telling me to go first today. This is crazy. You ever seen somebody just give up the rock? Would Kobe ever pass the ball? Hey, crazy. the first will be last and the last listen, will be first. Listen. Go ahead, bro. But like Kobe, I'm going to take this shot. Um, What up, y'all? My name is Paul. I'm actually at Pre-PT. I'm co-owner of a physical therapy practice. I'm a co-owner of a digital marketing agency with Carl as well. Um, I'm Kenyan. I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love business. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I genuinely cannot stand injustice. So I fight for the people Um, and I just wanna see everybody eat. So, you know, that's
3: me in a nutshell. I just want y'all to know Paul's throwing shade but that's the quickest introduction I've ever heard him do. My man usually talks for like five minutes straight, but we we we're gonna ignore that. Um, what's going on, y'all? My name is Carl Bourne Jr. I am originally from Orlando, Florida, but I am a dual citizen. So I have citizenship here in the US and citizenship in the beautiful island of Barbados. Uh, a little bit about me. I am a second year about to enter my third year of PT school. I'll be done this year. So uh, DPT loading currently. And um, man, what can I say? I'm just like Paul, you know, business entrepreneurship. Like, love that. Love talking about that. Love talking about investing, personal development, um, and love seeing our people win. You know, shout out to shout out to to black men and women. Black is beautiful. Uh, black excellence. All about that. So you know, just happy to be here, man, and, and looking forward to to really providing some value today.
0: I'm so hyped, man. Um, One thing I wanted to point out is that you know we're all second-year DPT students, so it looks like we're all about to like graduate at the same time, hopefully, and you know make a huge change in the DPT, uh, the PT profession as a whole. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys the same question I asked any Gus: What guys got? What what got you into physical therapy? And I want Paul to go first for this one. Go ahead,
4: Paul. Got you. I got you. Um, I, well, we got to start at the beginning. I wanted nothing to do with PT. Um, But, you know, I started to spend a lot of time around physical therapists. Um, My best friend is a physical therapist. My girlfriend is a physical therapist. A business partner is about to be a physical therapist. So um, I, I was surrounded by it. And, you know, just like everybody else, really, if you think about it, um, a lot of people have their stories where they're like, mm, well, I got injured. I got this, I got that for me. I just love business, um, into PT. I, I listened a lot to, in a time in my life where I, I, I don't know if I say I felt lost, but I was just open to like new ideas. I was listening a lot to the PPT, uh, grind podcast over and over. And you know, the more episodes I listened to, the more certain I became like, you know, a lot, every, a lot of everything was aligning and starting to make sense. So. I pulled the trigger, you know. I went and I started doing a lot of my prereqs that I did not do. Um, and then started applying. Um, so in the process, I had this bright idea that I wanted to have a PT practice. Um, but no part of me wanted to wait until after I was done with PT school. So um we started that in 2019. We're almost at two years now. Wow, it's crazy. Wow. Um, Yeah, so we're almost at two full years of our business with that. um, It's going dope, but PT really for me, um, the root of it all, the kind of PT I want to be is I actually want to be able to help somebody break the two hour barrier in a marathon um, without assistance. Um, You know, shout out to Iliad Kipchoge. He's a Kenyan. He did it in a controlled environment, um, but you know, it wasn't official. Um, So, one of my things is I want to be able to be one of the PTs involved with that. Um, I'm obsessed with sports. I love running, even though I'm not very good at it myself as a Kenyan. Um, But to me, PT really is about just being able to get a lot of mobility. And, you know, just all jokes aside, for somebody who played a lot of sports and has a lot of like ignored injuries that are suddenly starting to like, you know, collect their rent as due. Um, PT really stands out because now it's like a lot of the stuff where people are going to, you know, meds, people are going to, um, different surgeries and stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm blessed that the person I've chosen to spend, uh, well, by the time y'all hear this, the rest of my life with, um, is able to dispense a lot of that physical therapy knowledge, um, to help me get better. So, you know, that's what got me into PT in a nutshell.
0: Talk about peer pressure, right? (laughs) Nah, go ahead, Carl.
1: Yeah.
3: uh, For me, it was, it was a little bit unconventional in the sense that, you know, there's certain people that they say like, oh, I had wanted to be a PT since I started college. Or, you know, I knew from <clears throat> when I was in high school or middle school and I tore my ACL and I was around the PT and I was like, I want to do that. Like, it wasn't like that for me at all. You know, like I started, I started school and my journey was like, very different you know i feel like i kind of was like a journeyman you know like i started off my first year of undergrad i started off at a school up in minnesota playing football it wasn't what i thought it was going to be i left i came back to florida and i started at brevard community which was this the first junior college program that was supposed to come to the state of florida you know so i was excited to be a part of history um, there were there were a lot of things that went left with that, you know. And I always tell people like we ended up having to be in a in a motel, basically. You know, we got drug dealers, prostitutes, everything running around outside. The cops always circling around our our complex, and uh, we actually ended up getting kicked out of that building. So like me and my roommate for for a few days were kind of like on the brink of, like on the borderline of homelessness. um, But we ended up connecting with someone who, you know, he spoke to a family member of his who had a house and we ended up staying there. Then I transferred to USF, cause I was like, let me just focus on my school, you know, and I'll go there and I'll walk on, which is the University of South Florida and Tampa. And essentially my first semester, you know, I just focused on school. I was like, bet like tryouts don't start until the spring, so I'll go then. Went out in the spring. They need they wanted people with more eligibility. They wanted people at a different position. And, you know, like I went out there, I gave it my all, and like things just didn't didn't, didn't mesh. So at that point, it was like being at a crossroads, you know. And I'm like, man, like football has been a part of my identity for so long now. I don't even know how to operate under a, a different persona. And so I just kind of, you know, got through undergrad. I pledged um, Cap Alpha Psi. And then once I finished, I was like, all right, now what? Started looking at a couple of different things. PT looked interesting. I was like, all right, maybe I could still be around sports, but I never really pulled the trigger. It wasn't until 2016, my great-grandmother passed away. And I remember being in Barbados, like on the beach. And Paul will tell you, like, for me, bodies, big bodies of water, especially like the beach, like and being by the ocean, like for me, that's like, when I feel like I have that encounter with God, you know, like, that's when I feel like I have that true encounter with like, my higher being, and I'm able to like, come face to face with him and talk. And I was just like, man, like, how can I live in a way that she would be proud of? And, you know, PT came back into my mind, I was like, I think I'm gonna go back to school. And so Um, out of that, you know, I looked into it and I saw it was a doctorate program. I was like, oh, I could be the first doctor in my family. And, you know, almost five years later, here I am about to, you know, make that, make that come true. So I would say that was really the trajectory of my journey and how I ended up, you know, branching into physical therapy.
0: Yo, congratulations on a come up because most people when they, in undergrad, All they have to do is worry about schoolwork. They, for the majority, they have a stable home that they could just always go back to. But you had to juggle both finding a home and juggling schoolwork. So I'm glad that you made it out and you're in um, physical therapy as the second year. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future, man. But let me pass it on to Fairman. Go ahead, man.
1: So off the clock, if people don't know, is your guys' third podcast, correct? How'd you yeah, guys, how'd you know that this was the one? And what have you learned from the previous two that helped kind of shape OTC into what it is right now?
3: Okay, yeah, I, I was about to take the rock anyway, but I'm glad you passed it. So OTC, man, wow. Let me just say like, before you guys started this this show, I remember talking to, to, to you, Mang, and you were kind of asking, you know, what, what were some lessons and stuff like that? Like we learned along the way. And the biggest thing that that I was telling y'all was being able to get past a certain number of episodes. Because there are podcasts, Paul, I need your help. What's the what's the statistic before I keep going? Seven episodes seven. Pod, most podcasts only make it to seven episodes. And then there's another number after that. It's like if you get past that hump, like you're already above average, you know what I'm saying? And so I told Mang, I was like, yo, just get to the spot because if you can get there, then it proves like, yo, we can actually do this, we can make it work. And so for us, the the very first podcast we had was uh, The Road to Redemption. And with The Road to Redemption, we basically were like, okay, how can we make this podcast something that's impactful? right? But we only had one person who we interviewed. We interviewed them and we couldn't figure out how the hell to get this stuff on iTunes or none of that. So we kind of were like, you know what, maybe let's just scrap this. We saw there were like eight other Road to Redemption podcasts and we're like, yeah, this is a no-go. So we, we mixed that. Then we started Rooted Deep, which was a personal development book club type of podcast, which ran from January of 2019 to December of 2019. And with Rooted Deep, basically, we got to a point where it was like, yo, this this doesn't feel like this is it. You know, like we kind of felt like we were destined to do something bigger. And we felt like we were lacking the consistency. Rooted Deep, we only put out 21 episodes in a full calendar year. You know, OTC, we're now up to, I think, 55 or 56 we just released on Thursday. You know, we got months worth of episodes just already in the Google Drive waiting to be dropped. And so the biggest thing we had to learn was that consistency factor and that consistency piece. Because just with anything, you know, the only way you lose is if you quit. And so we had to realize, like, okay let's just show up and be consistent. And when we made that commitment and we made that decision to do that, you know, everything just kind of blossomed out of that, you know, that that one factor of just saying we're going to show up day in and day out and we'll live with the results after that. So I would say that was probably the biggest thing was that consistency that kind of helped us be able to get to where we are now with OTC.
1: Yeah, because I, I think... People might listen to OTC now and be like, "Yo, know, how are they getting all these guests on like you're doing big things as students and stuff and i'm just like. You know, like it took going through road to redemption, it took through getting through rooted D to figure out all right, this is what we want to do this is what people want to serve this is kind of our purpose. So I just wanted like to kind of highlight the fact that it didn't just happen zero to 100 like real quick it kind of just built over time, and so I just wanted to kind of get your guys' perspective on that. Um, AJ, I'll throw this next one to you.
2: Yeah. Um I that, I appreciate that even more. Perseverance, I feel like, goes way further than people to get things quickly. So um I feel like you get way more value out of that. Um, but this question for both of you guys, you can each take turns with this. Um when you both decide to go into, you know, your business. Um, can you walk us through the decision pro like making process when it came to deciding what your business was going to be in? Because I know with a lot of people it's harder to, you know pick a topic or something and they think they'll flourish on. So can you speak on that a little bit?
4: Yeah. Um, I think, well, for me, it came down to what I want at the end of the day. And, you know, the businesses, here's the thing. I think a lot of people do this thing where like they get caught up in the identity of, like, who they are, depending on what they do, right? Um, for me, my businesses, the, the PT, the digital thing, the They're just vehicles to get me to where I want to go, right? And so what I understood um, when it came to even starting a business is I genuinely do not like working for other people. It just does not sit well in my soul. Like, and I'm not saying everybody's like this. I just know for me, if I'm sitting there clocking in and clocking out, I, I just feel like my days are wasting, right? And so, with with the business is like, okay, well, do I have the tenacity and the grit to do it on my own? Right. The benefit of working with somebody else is that all you got to do is show up, clock in, work, clock out, and then two weeks later, they're gonna send you a check for the time you've shown up. Right. That's that's it, some of the jobs you got to do a little more, but at the baseline, that's what you're doing, right? But I but I understood like if I could just do that for myself, oh, then I ain't gotta be doing stuff for other people all right so once i figured that out i was like all right what's my end goal i want to be successful i ain't gonna lie to y'all i want to be a multi-millionaire you know maybe even put a b in front of the m all right but i also understood that i can't do that by doing what i've seen other people do my whole life like it's just not gonna work um i was telling carl the other day like growing up as a kid i always had so many dreams like Literally, one of my first big dreams was I wanted to be able to have a box seat at the Auburn Hills, but then, you know, they change it to downtown Detroit for the Pistons. I want to be able to have a box seat, right? I wanted to be able to just travel the world, have my own G um, private plane. I wanted to be able to just, like, get up and decide to go and not have to, like, have somebody else give me permission, right? I was, as you can tell, I was a terrible student as a kid in grade school, because I just hated when people like gave me direction. But I also understood my personality. I understood that for somebody like me with my personality, I do better calling my own shots and I do better doing it at my own pace. So where the other part, too, is this. I didn't want to have to start my day at the crack of dawn. That's the other benefit, right? I understood like a lot of people they got. I mean, let's be real. A lot of people got to go to work and they're clocking in at seven which means they woke up at what, 4.30, 5 o'clock, had to leave the house at what, 6, 6.30. You know what I'm doing at 6.30? I'm awake, but I'm in bed, I'm chilling. I'm actually more willing to get up earlier because I know I don't really have to start my work later in the day. And then I'm able to control the amount of work I do. I'm able to control the results I get, right? Most of the time, life happens. But because I understood those things, those became certain motivators. I understood where I want to be at the end of the day. I understood that a big one was, you know, and I love my parents, but they worked really hard growing up because they worked so hard. They weren't always present. Right. There were a lot of games that I didn't have my parents. It was weird for me. I'd see a lot of my teammates like play football senior day. Right. A lot of my teammates, their family members and everybody was coming in. My parents had to work. They couldn't come, but I understood they had to work. They had to provide right? So for me, starting the business was solving a lot of those problems. I want to be able to be present for my future children. I want to be able to be present. If like Carl hits me up, he's like, yo, bro, we're going to Santorini on Thursday. Like, let's ride. I need to be present so that even if we still have something to do, I can control it at my own pace. So because I understood all that, well, now I was like, let me find a vehicle that can get me there. I was in the PT world and I understood I wanted to be able to help other people with PT, let's start the PT business, right? Let's start seeing people on our own. And that was a whole different thing too, right? Understanding how insurance and and doing cash and how people like, and HIPAA and all that stuff. And uh, that, that was a whole different beast, just understanding how a lot of that worked. But it's because I knew that this is going to get me there. And I'd rather get there faster versus work for 50 years. 30 years, 40 years, and then retire when I'm 65, which makes no sense because by then my knees are going to be gone and my back will be shot. So, what am I enjoying? What life am I enjoying at that point? Right. Um, So, you know, those are high motivators for starting a business. And because I had that clarity, and also, and I'm not going to act like I just woke up and I was like, oh, let me do whatever. Right. I had a lot of these dreams, but I also had a lot of examples on how to do them. That's here the key. I had a lot of those examples, and so I started seeing like I mean I'm sure most of us know like GT right. I started seeing a lot Greg Todd like we're at Greg's house, we're on the jet ski, we're on the canoes. I'm like yo okay, he has a life I wanna I ha- I wanna have. What's he doing, right? See my best friend in his business like they're crushing it. Okay, they have the life I wanna have. All right, what do I need to do to get there? Right. I used to watch um what's it called Cribs. You obviously that MTV Cribs, I used to watch Cribs religiously, you know, before I found out it was all a lie. I used to watch Cribs religiously. Right. And every time they'd be like, yo, like, you know, here's welcome in. and You see the I wanted that. I wanted that so much. And I didn't just want it for me. I wanted it for my family, my siblings. I wanted it for my people. Remember, I said, I'm a fighter of The people. I want everybody to eat. But I understood, ain't no way I'm about to have everybody eating around me if I am if I don't have a business. So those became my key motivators for starting a lot of that. Once I got into it, I also realized there's a lot of challenges, just like working a regular nine to five. There's a lot of challenges in business, but I'd rather have those business problems than have uh, you
2: ain't got no time off. You ain't got no PTO problem. No, that's. that's like, I think, uh, at the crux of a lot of people's motivation to start their own business. The problem is, you know, getting to that point to where they're like, all right, I know what I want. How do I get there? And, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot because, you know, that nine to five is what we get preached about going through grade school and get to high school. They're like, when you get to college, you're going to have a good job and provide, uh, but sometimes, you know, that's not enough. Like, going to clock in, getting a paycheck, depending on someone to tell you when you can take vacations with your family, that type of thing. You know, it's not appealing when you get older and you got responsibility. So um, I think that's, that's a good thing to think about. Um, and also like what you said about, it's not that uh, what you do defines you, you're using these as vessels. I think that that's a very important key that people sometimes get mixed up. They like to think, you know, what they're doing provides them, themselves value and it's, it should never be that way. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Carl, did you want to add anything or <laughs> did he say anything you wanted? So y'all see what
3: I was talking about earlier about how he'll keep going, right? Just just wanted to point that out, uh, but no. If, here's
4: the thing, here's the problem when you have two shooters go. on the same team. Here's what happens, when you got two shooters on the same team, everybody's gotta get their buckets. So I'm not gonna lie, I'll pass a rock, but I gotta get mine, but don't let it fool you. I'm a decent shooter. Carl,
3: lethal. I, that's all I'm going to say. Let him do his thing. That's all I'm going to say. You're too kind, bro. Um, no, but you, no, for real though, you guys know what what's beautiful? Freedom. You know, there's nothing like being able to feel free. And I encourage everyone to try and find a way to facilitate you being able to feel free, you know, whether it be maybe, maybe once a month, you say, you know what, I'm gonna go down to the beach, or I'm gonna go to um, on a camping trip, or whatever it is that makes you feel free, you know, I use beach, because for me, that's like my thing, you know, but be able to put yourself in a position where you can see what it feels like to do something like you really love and like really feel those emotions. Because when you do that, it makes you really think like, man, like this is what feeling free feels like. And so to to kind of add on to what Paul was saying, I remember, I remember very vividly, I was having dinner with my dad. This is back in 2013. And my dad came over to America, you know, like every other immigrant, like expecting the American dream, you know, like trying to make a better life and stuff like that. And I seen my dad go from, you know, being a waiter in in New York, when he first started off, you know, being a server, to going on to fulfill his dream of becoming a general manager of a resort and i remember 2013 i went to go visit him and we were having dinner at this resort that he was a general manager of and i remember him sitting there and telling me he was like you know what son i want you to understand like if you want to be a lawyer if you want to be a doctor whatever you want to be, I need you to have your own business. And for me, that was one, I always tell people that was like one of my like unique learning experiences where it kind of put things into perspective, like, huh, like here you are at the top and you're telling me this from a state of like, like, yeah, I'm here. But at the end of the day, like this isn't my resort, you know, like, I can't give this resort to you. And I want you to understand ownership is important. And so for myself, it was like, okay, I gotta make sure that I have a business for myself. I gotta make sure that I have something I can give to my kids or my grandkids. And so kind of fast forwarding, being in the realm I'm in now, I think the other big thing is, is the e word right exposure what are you exposed to because a lot of people i got homeboys back back at the crib that they never been out of florida they never left the state and if they have they they've never left the country and so when i sit there and i can talk about like yo i want a beautiful crib in barbados on the beach you know or i want to be able to travel the world on a private jet, it can it, it can seem crazy to people who've never been exposed to it. And that's why I said that first piece about being able to put yourself in a realm where you can see what it looks like to be free and get exposure to what it looks like to do things that you love. Because having to trade your time for money is not where it's at. And I'll just like let that be known. That's where I stand on it. If you want to work a, a nine to five or you want to work a job, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for me, that's not what I want. Physical therapy has always been a means to an end for me, you know, or end to a means, whatever the saying is. But I feel like the biggest thing is to think about what you really want in life and think about how you can get there you're not gonna get there just working on a salary you can't if you're thinking big like oh i want I want to travel the world, you know on a jet or I want to be able to pay off my parents mortgage, I want to pay off my mortgage, I want to pay off all my debt, I want to own 10 properties i want to do you can't do all that just off of a salary. Maybe you can and if you know someone like tell them come talk to me, I'd love to have that conversation like, Yo, how did you make this work? You know, but I've always seen people be able to build off of maybe if you do have a salary job or whatever, you use that and use that to invest, You use that to buy assets. You know what I'm saying? And so I think the biggest thing is being able to have that exposure. The biggest thing is being able to think about freedom. And the biggest thing is being able to realize, especially getting out of PT school, you're going to have debt. So what are you going to do to get rid of that debt and still be able to live your life? And so being able to figure out the business you want, it's about one self-assessing and thinking, okay, what am I good at? What are what are the things that I can bring value to the marketplace, you know? And two, if I can't think of anything, what are some high-dollar skills that I can learn? that can transition, you know, into me being able to get some bread, you know, and three, being able to execute, right? Cause this, we're we're all like these amazing entrepreneurs and, and, and brand strategists and creatives, et cetera, et cetera, up here, but are you really executing on that? Or are you just leaving it up here? So th- those would be the biggest things that I would say.
2: You drop so many gems that just, I mean, I completely agree with, you know, finding your freedom. Like I'm saying with you, bro, the beach is my place for me. I love bodies of water, nice views. Like I like, you know, that that dawn, you go before anyone's there, you just listen to the waves. I'm like that. I've only been on Barbados one time, but I got to make it back. Um, but yeah, I I think, you know, on this podcast, of course, we're, we're black men or individuals. We, we also understand, like, We didn't come from familial wealth. That's something we weren't afforded in this country. So getting to positions of power and business, it makes it much easier to, you know, pull someone up with you when you have that type of autonomy. Like when you're working for somebody, you can only do so much. So I think that kind of speaks on what you were talking about. Um, And then, you know, you got to find what you are good at, what you can contribute, because unfortunately this world would only see the value in what you can bring to them. So... If you have your business, make sure it's something you can do um, you know, on a good clip. So, you know, I appreciate you know both of your answers. I think that was, you know, <laughs> we could just clip that right there and just stop, but we're gonna keep going. All right, Dang, go to you.
0: Nah, Carl, you brought up like a very good point about exposure <clears throat> because once you have exposure, then you wanna have access. So like for me example, when I the first time I left the country, I went to DR and I was just amazed. Like I was like, wow, life outside of America is amazing. People are so nice and kind and amazing. And just like the body of water, the environment is totally different. So once I got exposed to that kind of lifestyle, I want access to it, right? So then you start working towards in your head, of course, how to get access to it. And that motivates you to become like your own entrepreneur. and become business minded. So I respect that so much because that's the same thought process I had. Um, what I wanted to ask both of you guys is uh, when you when you were starting these businesses, did you utilize like any mentorship um, to get your business up and running? And then if so, um, why would you say is mentorship very important? And um, we could start with Carl for this one.
3: Yeah, so. Mentorship is a is a major key. It's a major, major key. But I think the biggest thing is people can get misconstrued what it looks like to be able to have a mentor because your friend is not your mentor. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, Paul is my business partner, right? We're both chasing the same thing. Now, if another friend of mine that's not chasing what I'm chasing, is trying to tell me like, yo, this is what you should do. Or this is how you make $10 million in business. And they've never made $10 million in business. Then why the hell would I listen to what they're telling me? You got no credibility to your name guy, like you just you googled it out how to make $10 million. And you're an expert all of a sudden. Um, and so you have to understand finding a mentor is finding someone that has the quality of life or has the the, the the morals, the character, the values that you have or the things that you want. And you can be able to go under their mentorship and learn how to do those things. You know, Paul mentioned Greg Todd, shout out to GT. GT is, GT's the goat. Like, let's just, let's just call it what it is. That man is, is, is one of the goats. And I remember going to, to uh, Tampa and sitting in his clinic, talking to him. We just talked for a couple hours and going to this man's beach house. And I was like, wait, this guy got an elevator in here. Like, I'm sorry, GT, if, if, if you if you hear this and i'm i'm telling your business but the people got to know like <laughs> you know it it just it really made me kind of think like damn like a black man is doing this as a physical therapist like okay i didn't know we were out there like that you know and that was one of the things this was when i was a pre 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 pt um and, and 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 gt became one of my mentors you know, and and GT was like my mentor to show what it looks like to be an entrepreneur in the space of physical therapy, right? But here's, here's where I say people can get it misconstrued. People may think like, okay, GT then, like for me, I could get it misconstrued and be like, okay, GT is supposed to teach me too how to invest in real estate. GT is supposed to teach me like, What it looks like to invest in stocks and options, you know, what it looks like to be able to franchise something. But GT may not necessarily be there. You you, you see what I'm saying? Like that may not be GT's specialty. And so the biggest thing is being able to find mentors for whatever it is that you're trying to, or whoever it is that you're trying to grow into. Because I had to understand that when me and Paul were really getting into, you know, the the digital marketing aspect of things, for me, I do like the SEO stuff for our business, the search engine optimization for our clients. And I can't go to GT and ask him, GT, how do I do this? Or how do I solve this problem? Because GT is going to look at me and be like, I know this much about SEO. So I can't really help you. So what does that mean? That means I need to get a mentor in SEO. You know, what if I want to go to GT like GT? What do you think are the best stocks to buy? You know, GT may not tell me, oh, right now, maybe maybe cannabis. You know, maybe you want to be in the healthcare sector. Maybe you want to buy in the, in the digital space. Tesla, you know, Tesla's always a safe buy. If he's not actively invested in it, And so mentorship is important because mentorship is what takes you from point A to point B. And just like how Paul mentioned earlier that we use our business and we use these things as a vehicle to get to where we want to be, your mentor should be the same thing. That doesn't mean that you use them, right? You can still be a mentee and still provide value to your mentor because they're having to learn more about themselves and how they mentor, and how they can be better for, for their mentees. And so the the whole thing is that when you think of this aspect of having a mentor, it's so critical because it was Jim Rohn that said it, late, a late late great speaker. But Jim Rohn said, like, you're the average of the people you hang around, right? So if I'm hanging around four broke people, guess who's going to be number five? You, you see what I'm saying? Or if I'm hanging around four successful people, oh, that means my bag is coming because I'm around those people, right? I'm seeing that. So they're actively pouring into me. And so the mentor is the same thing. And when you pick this mentor, don't just pick some Joe Schmo that looks good on the internet. Like actually make sure they have some credibility behind their name. Because that... going to be something that allows you to be able if you need to make an investment in them you can make that investment and be like you know what the money's gone it's whatever i trust whoever this person is they're going to help lead me to whatever it is i'm trying to get to and those are the reasons i think mentorship is so important
0: see carl you you brought up a good point because everybody always asks how do i find a good mentor and how do i know if a mentor is good, but nobody asks how can I provide to that mentor as a mentee. And I think it should, it's a two way street. It should go both ways. So thank you for bringing that up. So I'm going to pass it to you, Paul. Go ahead, man.
4: Believe it or not, I really ain't got much to add to that. Carl said it. Um, I'm, you know, shocked. I'm being serious. He said it, not for real. You know, my only thing is like your level of exposure leads to your level of success. So I think the same applies to your mentor, Um, we've invested a lot into our mentorship, a lot, a lot, and, um, (laughs) oh, Jesus, a lot, and um, what we've gotten from it has been a lot of exposure, a lot of direction. Um, Let me break it down like this why would you not want to get somewhere faster if somebody told you where to go okay um i think when it comes to mentorship especially in business there's like this stigma and it doesn't make any sense to me because a lot of us i'm assuming we all play sports yes or no right and we all had coaches yes or no right and then even if you think like that up to the professional level right whatever sport it is people have position coaches people have strength and conditioning coaches people have nutrition coaches people have um you know health and wellness coaches people have people that tell you how to sleep people you know saying tutors like so why is it in business that when it comes to finding a mentor there seems to be this like uh, maybe you shouldn't do it I don't believe in that I believe that when it comes to business the first person to the finish line is the one that wins right Um, Doesn't mean everybody else can't win somehow, but the first person that gets there is one that's often remembered. I think with mentorship, it's finding the people that are well-versed and it is, one, they're where you want to be. That's the very first thing. Um, I think for us, like, especially for me, when I met my first Black millionaire, I suddenly realized there's a lot more Black millionaires out there. They just all know each other. I don't know them, but they all know each other right so once i met the first one by some miracle i met a couple more right and then it was like oh it's actually not that hard to get there let me make it in perspective this is what this is what mark right this is what mark broke down to me gt's brother he also happened to you know he's well off in life but he was like, people don't understand how easy it is to get to millions. I'm going to break this down. This is just not all about money, but I want us to think about this. It's easier to get to a million than it is to get to a billion. Because to get to a billion, you have to get there a thousand times. You have to get to a million a thousand times to get to a billion. To get to 1 million, you just have to get to 100,000 100 times. That's it. Right? And so with our mentors, it's figuring out, okay, who actually has gotten there? Who got there in the way I'd like to get there? Because, you know, it's also morally, if you want to get there morally, that's also important. You know what I'm saying? There's many ways to catch a bag, but which way do you want to catch it? Um, Being able to find, I'm I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm being serious. You know what I'm saying?
3: Shout out to the scammers.
4: (laughs) Shout out to the scammers. Shout out to the trappers. We see you. We don't want to be you, but we see you. No no
0: shade, no shade.
4: Listen, get yours how you get it. Live life the way it needs to be lived according to your standards. I ain't going to judge you. I ain't going to knock it. Um, But with, with mentoring, man, it was like being able to find somebody that had the same family life that I desire to have. Right. What use is it to have all the success, but then be, not be able to share? It? Remember, I was talking about one of my driving motivators is I want to be able to be there for the family. I want to be able to be there for the future kids. So being able to find a mentor that also had that, but also had that drive, also had um, the push to live life at a level that is so large, but so family focused, so family friendly. Everybody around them only has, like Carl said, you have four successful friends, you're about to be the fifth one. So mentorship is key, like and I think when it comes down to it, and there's this fear because, and I, there's so many people out there that claim to be a good mentor that will play you that it puts this fear of being able to invest into one. But if you played any sports, you had many coaches. You went through school, you had many teachers. You go through business, you need to get a mentor. You need to get a mentor. One for personal development. Is what we got. One for just how business runs, one for how to scale a business. That's key. Right. Maybe you need a thinking coach. Also, and here's the thing: don't just think getting a mentorship also means you need to have it physically. We live in a digital digital age. So if I'm being honest, I could be like, oh, Eric Thomas and associates are my personal development mentors cuz I'd be listening to all their stuff every morning listen to the podcast trying to make sure I'm in the right mindset. We live in the digital age. You don't there's so many available options out there for mentorship that even if you're not ready to find one physically or be able to invest in one, at least invest in yourself by having some sort of mentorship to help you through. Cuz you know, there's so much free game out there on the internet, YouTube, Google, listen. Those are free. You can click, you can type something, you can have a question and somebody can walk you through it. And you can have a lot of people out there that have had results, have had success. And then you will be able to grow that trust. um, I'm in real estate right now and I joined this real estate group, right? Um, And my real estate mentor, he's looks like me, talks like me, plays sports like me, right? Um, And he's successful but i only invested in him because i invested in somebody else prior to him but that person vou said this person knows what they're doing but even after that i still went and did my research and i saw those results but now it's like okay do i want to spend the next five years trying to figure out how to buy my first like apartment building or would i rather have this mentor put this thing together and walk me through it I'm, we're trying to build generational wealth. And when it comes to business, you have to understand like that I love what Carl said with, with the resort thing, having something to pass on to the next generation, having something that they can tangibly have and be able to utilize. And I know I'm kind of getting off the question. I apologize. But mentorship is key. Mentorship is key. That, I'm just leave it there. Mentorship is key. If you want some more, go to YouTube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you on what you was trying to say because inherently every human wants to leave like a legacy right and so this could be in multiple forms this could be in children this could be even in a business this could be in a movement such as Martin Luther King I have a dream so I definitely feel you on that but uh let me pass it to you fair man go ahead bro
1: so with all the success, all the good times, all the bad times that have come with your guys' journey through getting through school and entrepreneurship and being a business owner. What kind of steps do you guys take to make sure that your mental health and the people that are important to you are not taking a backseat? Like, how do you keep all that in line with everything going on?
3: I, yeah, I got this one, Paul, um, and I concur. with. For those who can't see the visual, he's holding up uh, his passion planner. and. I think that's been one of the, the the best things that I've been able to really start utilizing is my planner, you know, and, and not underestimating the power of having a planner and the power of writing stuff down. You know, me and Paul always like to tell people, if you didn't see me write it down, it never happened. You know, and I think that it's been able to kind of help us keep things in check, at least with our schedule. Do things fall through the cracks? Yeah, because I mean, we're human, you know, sometimes that happens. Um, but for the most part, at least making the conscious effort to try and write things down as much as possible, you know, and, and trying to have a, a set schedule helps because, you know, me and, me and Paul, we both have significant others, you know, and I think for both of us, we could, both agree that part of our significant other's love language is quality time. And so there's times where like Paul may call me and like my phone is right next to me and she's right there and I'm just like looking down at the phone you know and it's and it's vibrating and I'm looking at her and she's looking at me like don't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and the same thing with Paul. And, and so what I started doing is I started making sure that I carve out time in my schedule for her. You know, I carve out time in my schedule for for my family, uh time in my schedule to just watch some Netflix, you know, because that's important too, you know, or or you know, go for a work, a workout or whatever the case may be. And so I think it's about being able to also consciously realize that because here's here's the thing not just as an entrepreneur but speaking from the standpoint of just a physical therapy student right now it's very easy when you're not doing something to be like yo what am i doing like i'm wasting time and we can kind of get like harsh on ourselves and not realize like the key thing is being able to understand you're a human being and as a human being you need time to like chill you need time to relax you know if you're not into the bible um this you may not completely understand this reference but you know it said god made everything in seven days right and on the seventh day what did he do he rested you know that's part of my values and so i I've been trying to be more conscious about resting. Uh, Paul will tell you there used to be a point of time where like every night I'm talking like, till like 4 a.m, I'm still up. Like I'm actively in our group chat, like texting our interns that are over on the West coast, you know, and and, and trying to get things together. And as time has gone, gone by, I try not to do that as much. You know, because i've I've been I've been more conscious about my health. You know, because um, it's not just mental. You know, as African Americans, we suffer from a lot of things, man. Hypertension, diabetes, I, heart disease. I could keep going. You know, and so it's like we got to take the time to make sure that we take care of ourselves. Because what good is all the success? What good is all the money if you don't have the health to enjoy it? You know, and I think also Paul has been a very good influence in my life in that aspect because I see the boundaries that he kind of kind of sets. And I know, like, if I'm having a busy day and I look down at my phone and it and the time says 9.59, I'm going to just holler at Paul the next day because I know once 10 o'clock hits, my man is my man is not going to answer. Through some miracles, sometimes he might like shoot me a message or something, or or he'll send me an Instagram message, and I'm kind of like, Yo, why why are you still up? You know? Um, And he may not necessarily be sleeping either. He might just be spending time with Danielle, um, you know, or he might just be spending time talking to God, whatever it is. But, you know, I respect that because we're all entitled to our personal time. We're all entitled to making time for ourselves. So I think having that balance, being able to set a schedule, um being able to understand it is okay to make time for yourself and not feel like you're a bum like burnout is real and you got to take care of yourself and then um three understanding at the end of the day sometimes if you take a day off at least I can say for me and Paul I feel like if we decided to take a day off and then come back the next day you come back the next day feeling great why because you need that you need that break you need that time to refresh uh so i think those are those are really the ways that me and him have been able to to navigate that and i'm sorry paul if i I took what you were going to say bro but yeah i think those have been the biggest things really he said he literally said everything
1: i i genuinely have nothing to add I think especially now with like COVID and being on quarantine, like everyone's stuck inside or early at least everyone was stuck inside and trying to figure out how am I going to adapt to this new normal. So definitely taking time to figure out, you know, what do I enjoy? What are things that I can do to kind of get away from school or work or things that are stressing me out? So I I, I love that answer. I appreciate you, Carl and Paul, for that. Um, AJ.
2: Uh, Carl, I just want to say, I felt that look so, so bad when you say you're sitting with your girl here and the phone start vibrating, you'd be like, oh, when you look over her, she's looking right at you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not happening. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, um, so next question for you guys is, uh, what would you both like to see this whole PT profession, you know, take, uh, do to take the next leap? Like, what do you want to see it do going forward? Man, uh, I want to see physical
4: therapists themselves start demanding their respect. Um, I want to see physical therapy start to be taught more about entrepreneurship in school, you know, Uh, from my vantage point, it just seems like it's one. It's one big old exam prep for three years to take a board exam. That's just what it looks like, because I've seen people pass with like some flying colors and then come into this joint feeling unprepared which is natural starting something new but I just you know I wish that the industry would just you know demand more respect um start to really intervene more and not just be like a secondary um result meaning you go you know you you go get hurt Somebody's like, oh, "Do you need surgery?" Uh, let's try PT first. Like nobody just gets hurt and says, ah, "Let me go to PT." Nobody says that at all. You know what I'm saying? Nobody says that. Um, and if you do, please let's talk because we need to get you on camera. Um, but you know, if if physical therapists can start demanding more respect and starting to treat themselves with the amount of respect that they are demanding, I believe the profession will progress forward a lot faster. I think a lot of that red tape that has been placed by. uh, I don't want to get y'all's podcast in trouble, but I'm just going to say them folk with the the APTA. I don't care. Look, I'm sorry. We say whatever we want on our show, but y'all can edit this out if you need to. Yeah, y'all can edit this out if you need to. No, no, no
2: filters, no filters.
4: All right. A lot of those restrictions that have been placed by the APTA, but a lot of those powers that be that have forced the profession to slow down to this halt that it currently is at, Um, you know? And one last thing, I just wanna see PT, one of two things, either the price of PT school go down or the pay that a lot of PTs come out of school go up because it's ridiculous, let's be honest. Um, I did some numbers because GT did this thing the other day, but the PT school body, right? All the physical therapy schools from each graduating class are making 1.2 billion from each graduating class as a whole. But physical therapists graduating class when they're getting paid that first year are not even making a fraction. So something's messed up something needs to be fixed. Somebody needs to go on the record and just call them out. So that's what I'd like to see happen. And more people start, you know, running your own business because it's dope.
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think, man, let's just, let's just be real. Like the, the amount of money that you get offered coming out of PT school on average is ridiculous. Like it's, it's subpar. I would love to see the wages like increase significantly because if you're going to call me a doctor, pay me like one, two, you see what I'm saying? And honestly, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care about stepping on any toes with, with, you know, them like Paul referred to them as, um, because i also know you know there are people that are working trying to make that happen but i question how hard they really are working you feel me like i question how hard you really are advocating to get us paid more because i just can't understand like why you slap the name doctor on a program you know or, or on a curriculum and then we get out of school and we're not paid like Real doctors get paid. You, you feel me? And I'm not okay with that. Granted, there there are you know there are opportunities for you to get out of school and, and 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 make some good money. You know, there's opportunities for you to get out of school. Like, yeah, you get out. You could have an if if you're okay with it, you're like, yeah, you can get out. Just have you know that that nice little salary, whatever the case may be, and go on with the rest of your life if that's what you want. But I think something has to give but I also think that you know and I can say this cuz I'm in cuz I'm in PT school and I'm about to be done so like it doesn't matter how people feel like I'm I'm in this profession so I'm going to speak on it um I think that we need to also think about the aspect like when it really comes down to it it's not even necessarily just that, the fact that they're not paying us what we should be paid. But Paul said it perfectly, like, like like, Braun said, and I want my damn respect too. Like PT's gotta really adopt that because like I see, I see people in no shade, but I see, you know, clinicians that are like, oh yeah, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so, I'm gonna be your PT today. But how many how many clinicians are like, oh, how you doing? My name is doctor, and I'm going to be your physical therapist today, right? Like, how many people actually use the doctor? Like, how many people actually introduce themselves as doctor so-and-so? I already told people, like, listen, after I'm done, any show I come on, any stage I'm on, Dr. Carl Bourne Jr., like... If I, if if I'm coming out and you say mister, yo, somebody run to the front and tell my man like he got to run it back, he forgot the doctor, you know, cuz I paid some money to be able to have that, right? And I think more people need to take ownership of that. Like we are doctors. The the type of things we learn in school puts us in an elite category cuz we learn differential diagnosis, right? We learn these different musculoskeletal conditions. We learn these different neuromuscular impairments. You know, we have to learn all these different outcome measures, right? We got to go through PEDs. We got to go through geriatrics. You got to go through all these different things that it's like, yo, when I'm done, like, damn right, I'm a doctor. Like, I had to learn all of this stuff. And so I think that respect piece is big. I would love to see us start owning that more and not shying away from it um i would also love to see the wages increase and you know like paul said the the entrepreneurship side of things because i'm taking a, i'm taking an admin class right now in my last term on campus and it's cool cuz you like we have like a business project and stuff like that and whatever like that's dope There's only one class you know like i would like to see more of that because they teach us, they teach us how to use these, right? They teach us how to use our hands, right? They give us the clinical reasoning, et cetera, et cetera. But like, they don't teach us how to make money. They don't teach us how to make money outside of this realm. And I think that's a big thing. You gotta, you something's gotta give, right? Cause you're either gonna have very angry people that start coming to you like, yo, where's my bread at? Like (laughs) you gotta, you gotta cut me off some more than what you're giving me, you know, or you're going to see people who look at what's going on and they're like, maybe I don't even want to do this. Maybe, maybe the amount of people who go into PT decreases, not saying money is, is everything, but let's be real. We got to take care of our families. We got to live. And so those are things that needs to be addressed um, sooner rather than
2: later. Man, I I can't agree more with what y'all said. I'm not gonna go too much into it because we could have a whole another episode of this. But yeah, I already told I already told everybody. Like the only people that can't like can call me outside of the doctor name or my mom and sister. Everyone else refer to me as Doctor Atkinson going forward. But um, I completely agree. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, we come out as doctorates, and we see patients on the daily. We're helping them with everything, but we get paid a fraction of what doctors do. Like, think of people that are specialty doctors that don't have to work every day. They get paid, you know, six figures minimum, but we see people every day helping them with all types of conditions, but, you know, that's neither here nor there, but, um, yeah. The one thing I'd say that I would like to see... Um, besides the cost of school going down cuz you go damn near broke trying to get into school uh is PT schools actually start giving a damn and being serious about diversity like we speak about it on this podcast a little bit but it, it sucks that you know some George Floyd or Beyonce Taylor stuff has to happen for people to start emailing or trying to get like students to have discussions and talks when it should have been you know part of the curriculum from the forefront like I I mentioned it like to my curriculum at our school, like I know we have case studies and they need to do like what they can so we can, you know, list impairments and stuff. But like, when we go have an issue when we're talking with, you know, a black individual who can't pay for his his treatments or like someone who, um, you know, is dealing with gender identity issues or something like that, where we talking about things outside of just, you know, their pain, because they say we're supposed to deal with the whole patient but we be focusing on, on pain and we don't look at the social dynamic too much. And, you know, that that bother me. And like, you know, when I'm coming into school, I see all these places that you apply to saying like, oh yeah, we're so diverse. Like we gonna talk about all these issues, but then you look at their pictures and it's like, I don't see nothing. I don't know what y'all talking about. So uh, yeah, that probably be one thing I also want to see change because it's 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 scarce right now. And I, I love that we, we're doing this like as a collective because you know, I'm about, you know, the upbringing of these are people but like that's something that just it bothered me but so so I'm, I'm sorry
3: since we're since we're on this topic since we going down this road like let's go down this road this is one of my favorite topics so yeah let's 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 go for it i think the other thing that needs to happen is more of us need to get in more positions of power within the field of pt one of the reasons that me and Paul started our podcast Off the Clock was because we realized when we looked around the healthcare space there were no black men that were doing what we were about to do. And we realized there was no one that was putting our people in healthcare that are crushing it. I mean as clinicians, as nurses, as business owners, you know, as as parents, as investors, as whatever the case may be, you know, there was nowhere that was highlighting them like that, and so we said, you know what? Let's not only create a podcast where we can highlight our people, but let's create a podcast where we can highlight our people. We can get free game for us, and we can get free game to our people as well. If you go listen to OTC, we've been giving game on how how you can make money in different areas. We've been giving game on real estate wholesaling you know what i'm saying affiliate marketing starting your own cash based practice if you're in physical therapy you know or being able to invest you know we got someone coming on i think we record with him in two weeks you know but he's very successful in 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 stocks and options you know being able to bring him on and 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 give game on that um we got a uh, a, a dump truck she calls herself the dump truck queen and she's killing it you know we got her coming on like we're really out here trying to help put our people on game and healthcare. you know but also bring light to what's going on as far as health disparities because we got a lot of those you know and being able to tie that all into just giving wrapping it all up and just giving that value to our people because we need that we got to get in more positions of power within this sector. And that was one of the reasons we created the podcast as well, because we understood that if we just built this thing and if we just kept showing up, we're always going to be able to have a seat at a table. You can't, you, you, you can, you can ignore us as much as you want to, but then when you see the people that we have on and the people that we're bringing on, there's only so much ignorance, there's only so much ignoring that that can happen. And so not only that, but yeah, you know, that that week of George Floyd's murder, because a lot of people like to say, say it like my man wasn't murdered. You know, I was really like torn up, like that whole week in class. I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, like, professors talking and my head is just like, somewhere else. I'm not hearing nothing you're talking about. And I'm wondering I'm like I go to the University of St. Augustine. I'm like when are these people going to open their mouth and say something? Or y'all going to keep acting like this is this is normal behavior. Y'all are going to act like this man wasn't just murdered in broad daylight. You know, a lot of a lot of, and, and 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 you you said it, you got me started. You lit the match. People in this profession love to scream diversity and inclusion and all this other BS. And then the best thing they wanna do is they wanna throw a black person on one of the flyers or on their website. And then it looks like they're all about diversity and inclusion and, and all this other, stop that, stop that. I see right through that. Every time I see right through it. What are you really doing, right? What scholarships are you giving to African-American students, right? I know the APTA has one, maybe two. That's it? We're already the minority in this profession. We already have all these other factors that we got to deal with coming into this profession. And the best you can do is give us two damn scholarships? Come on stop it. You got to be better than that. You see what I'm saying? And I hate the fact that people try to switch the narrative and be like, oh, well, well, you know, white people go through this and that. Please, let's not do this. Because I got a history lesson for your ass that you do not want, you you don't want to go down this road. You feel me? But people got to really understand diversity stats, like putting the sticker of diversity and inclusion on something and then just throwing a black face is like the poster child. That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. You need to have these conversations. You need to be more aware. You talked about what else I want to see change. I want to see these clinical um, instructors. I want to see these People in our schools that are over our clinical experience start thinking about where the hell they're placing us at. I'm a black male, and you telling me you about to send me to Kentucky? Kentucky? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? You see what I'm saying? Like, you you can't send me to like shout out to God. I'm in Houston for my next one. You can't send me to Houston, you know, or 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 DC you know, where you can be a little bit more culturally competent, that you understand the issues that I have with being in a predominantly white state like that, that has a historic racist history. You can't understand that. That has to change. We cannot keep operating under this veil of, I don't see color, bullshit. Cause when you look at me, you see that I'm black. You better see that I'm black. I'm black as the pit from pole to pole. I'm I'm chocolate. I'm as black as can be. And I'm damn proud of that. So when you say you don't see color, you're insulting me. That's a microaggression. Cause I call, I call your bluff on that. You do see color and you better see my color and you better be able to see my color and be able to address what comes with that. They gotta they gotta do a lot better. They got so much stuff that they need to work on. And people like me and Paul are gonna keep, people like me and Paul, people like the three of you, we're gonna keep putting the pressure on them. We're not going away. Like, we're not going away. So you either figure it out or we're gonna keep being right there at your doorstep, like yo. What are you doing, bro? I could talk for three hours about this topic, but I'm gonna just leave it there because I'm starting to get riled up. But there's a lot of change that has to happen.
2: Yeah, bro. You oh you oh damn. You about to get? me start. I, I, <laughs> oh, damn and man no, I can go off on this for like the next hour and a half just by myself. But you know, I'm keep. We're going we gonna to keep it on this business thing. We, whew, yeah, we could go off on that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to shoot it back to you, Dane.
0: <laughs> damn, I, I can't even follow up after that. God damn. Woo! I, I love it, man. I love it. I think, I think we need to do what we need to do to put ourselves in those high positions because we got to help ourselves. You know what I'm saying? It's nice to have allies and stuff, but if we don't help ourselves first, nobody's gonna do it for us. And I respect everything that you guys are doing and I look forward to it, you know what I'm saying? So I got one more question for both of y'all. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? I'm gonna shoot this to to Paul while while Carl calms down just a little bit, just a little bit.
4: I can't believe I'm saying this, don't go to college. (laughs) Go start that business.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I respect that, I respect
4: that. (laughs) I would have, and here's why, here's why. Um, You know, I think we, well, let me say for me, I, I don't know, I'm saying we, I guess we all millennials, I'm assuming. We live at a certain age where we've seen a lot of changes happen throughout history. And for so long, like people got out of high school and what did they do? They go to college, then what did they do after that? They get a job. And then what they do to that, they get the house, two and a half kids, a wife and a picket fence or whatever, right? Your preferences. And then something shifted with the dot-com boom. And suddenly people started to discover these things called internet businesses, where you could sell stuff without having to be there. And growing up, I used to see a lot of it like, happening but never really understood it. But then in high school, that's when things really started to take off. And I had like besides being a Pistons box seat owner, the only other dream I had in life at that point um that required like actual like whatever was being my own pilot. Right. Um and I understood like a lot of those things require a lot of different things that you're not going to see in college. So the crazy part is I went to college understanding that me going to school and what I'm about to study is not about to get me the things I want in life. But I did it because that's what we do. It's expected in our culture. That's what you do. You go to school. You you do this, you do that. Understand. And I, str- I struggled that first year because I hated it. Like I promise you, I hated it. <laughs> like there's one thing I hated was something taking him away from getting that paper. Like that summer prior to school, like right between high school and my freshman year, I was getting after it. I was I was hustling. I was getting that, I was just stacking it up. And then school started, I was like, what the heck? I'm sitting in biology and I want to be making money. Like, what am I doing? Um, now when I say don't go to college to my younger self, what I am saying is utilize the, the people around you who are actually starting to get into entrepreneurship, who are actually starting to get into a lot of that business mind stuff and like doing a lot of stuff. Cause a lot of people that started businesses when I was starting school that are crushing it now. And I always, you know, I'm grateful where I am, but I always think like, what if, you know, what if I'd actually taken the chance and taken the leap and done what they're doing? Where would I be not grateful? I'm grateful I am where I am. But I I apologize. Somebody's going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, but my kid needs to go to school. No, what your kid needs to do is get something that sustains them for the rest of their life. School just now happens to not be the only option.
0: Let, 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 let me speak on that uh, real quick, because I think most people don't realize this. And they keep forgetting this, but college college is a business at the end of the day. And we have such a pressure from society to always go to college. A lot of blue-collar jobs, plumbing, electrician, you can make tons of money doing that. Just going to trade school and then form your own business. You can still be an entrepreneur doing a blue-collar job. Society itself kind of looks down on these blue-collar jobs, and that's not it. If anything, COVID has shown us that we still need these people to function in society. Yes, doctors are good for health and stuff, but we still need the other side, we need each other. So there shouldn't be such a pressure to to go to college because if everybody's a doctor, who the fuck's fixing our toilets and and electricity and making the the power power plant run, you know what I'm saying? But uh, go ahead, Carl.
4: Hold on real quick before he goes. Can I can I just share one thing real quick? He, and here's a kicker, right? Here's a kicker for y'all PTs. Here's a kicker. The average P.T. coming out of school is making what? Sixty K. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, how long is 25 weeks? Two years. The average underwater welder.
3: twenty. You said 25 weeks?
4: How long is 25 weeks? What is that? is that? Is that two?
3: It's a little under half a year. Half a year, a year.
4: Half a year. Underwater welders go to school for 25 to 35 weeks. They're making 60K right off the jump. The average underwater welder going to school for 35 weeks um, is making 150. Top end, 300, 400K. And they're working six months a year. Think about this. That's what I'm talking about. Think about this. What you just said is so real. There's so many other things, but because we're forced into it, we lose all sight of what we're capable of to fit into this. I can get started. Let me stop. To fit into this mold. So all I'm saying is, look, if if, if, if you're feeling a little wishy-washy, you can be underwater welder, 35 weeks of your life, go make your 300 stacks. Work six months. That's all I'm saying. The point is just to your point. There's so many other things you can do, and you just don't have to feel trapped by having to go the school route because that is now no longer the only option.
0: So here's the choice: underwater welder or bachelors and underwater basket weaver. You decide. Car, go ahead.
3: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh, that was smooth for for myself, man, I would say, number one, don't be afraid to recreate yourself. Um, don't be afraid to to rebrand who you are and don't think that you're not capable of being more or doing more. If I could go back and talk to younger me, those are those are some of the things that I would say. And then I would also say, you know, understand that the grind isn't gonna give you anything that you haven't earned and anything that you haven't worked for. You know, the the college piece that Paul is talking about, I I can't even be mad at him because there's times where I have that, I have that thought now where I'm like, yo, if I would have just just been doing business for the last seven, eight, nine years, I'd be up, up. You know, like, I'd have a big old bag, you know, laughing all the way to the bank. School? Y'all talking about school? The place that's ripping us off? That's taking all our money? Nah, I ain't going to school. But no, to, to be honest, I think that that college is good for, for the experience. Man, I met some of my, my best friends, you know, in, in college. And I had some of my best memories in undergrad so i could say i would want to go back and not do it but then i think about i think about that and there's so much in my life that would be missing if i if i didn't my girl is one of them you know and she's she's a humongous blessing in my life you know when i met her in college um so I, i i do understand where paul is coming from but for me um i wouldn't change anything because the man I am today is because of everything I went through, and at the end of the day, am I going to be in a hole when I'm done? Yeah, but I'm gonna get out of it, and you know I, I I have no no worries about that. I think I think also because me and Paul we had this conversation. There's someone there's someone that we're working on um, getting on the show, and. He had a mentee of his who, I think, he was showing him how to buy real estate, and um, I think he was down like two hundred thousand or or three hundred thousand dollars or something like that in the hole. You know, but his profit ended up being more, you know, than 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 what that what that was. You know, what the what the debt was. And so it always makes me think like, yo, you can always get out of the hole. You know, you're always you're, you're always a couple moves away from being able to, to get out of the hole. You're always a couple moves away from being able to change the trajectory of your life. And that's on both sides of the spectrum. Right. I could I could decide to. Once we're done with the show right now, I could decide to leave go around the corner and steal something, steal a car, steal whatever, just because I just felt like stealing it, right? And now I'm in jail and I gotta worry about having to fight that, you know? Or I could go after I'm done with this and I can go inside and I can read. You know, I can I can spend some time with my girl, I can do something productive you know the difference is all in what you what you just said earlier Damien when I mean, you gave us a choice between the underwater basket weaving degree you know or or you know going the the route that Paul was talking about and so the biggest thing is that choice you know what are you what are you choosing on a daily and that's something I would have told myself back then as well is every choice you make, is a choice that's either getting you closer or further away from the man that God designed you to be. So choose wisely. And even when you fall short, it's okay cuz you're human. You know, but it's it's never it's never too late to turn things around. It's never too late to rebrand, recreate yourself and um it's always a beautiful day to boss up. So that's what I would say.
0: Lord, I feel inspired. You should be an inspirational speaker too. That'd be a nice little side gig.
3: Yeah, actually uh yeah, yeah. That's uh that's in the in the works too.
0: That's what's up. Um any last words or comments or questions for our esteemed guests, Ming and uh, AJ?
1: No, nah, I, I don't really have anything to add. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for for coming on and blessing us and blessing the people listening to this pod for for an hour and a half. So I appreciate you guys. And I wanted a quick shout out to Anthony for like setting this up, getting this starting this rolling. So I wanted to make sure he gets his props for for setting this up and allowing us to have this conversation. So
2: Anthony, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, yeah, to reiterate what Maine was saying, like. I, this was a fantastic conversation. I appreciate you fellas, like coming on, sharing all the gems you had, um, just speaking honestly and openly, um, you know, it's what we need. It's, it helps this podcast. I know our, our cast is more so about, you know, healthcare and everything. And um, we love to see, you know, people that look like us on the come up and doing great things because, you know, that gives us motivation. Like you said, you hang around people who are successful. It's just going to make you more successful. So um, I just want to say I appreciate y'all for doing that. And one quick thing I'll say to our viewers, I know they, they cheated us. They gave us the shortest month for history. It is still Black History Month. Go out there and educate yourselves. I'm not just talking to Black people. I'm talking to people who are not of any color. This is the time to do it. You have somebody you can ask questions do it like educate yourself so we don't go through any of the situations we went through last year like this is the time just remember that and that's all i'll say
0: <laughs> carl paul this has been an amazing episode where can the people find you reach out to you if they have any questions or concerns
4: yeah man uh y'all could text us at 321 um, 384 just text us the word questions let's say that um, you could also email us at off the clock at otcupodcast.com Um, as well as, yeah, just text us. If you if you DM us, I'll be honest with you. You might not get an answer from me. You might get one from Carl, but I really don't look at the DMs like that. So text us 321-384-6275. Yeah, he ain't gonna text, he ain't gonna DM you back. <laughs> just text word questions 321-384-6275. We'd love to chat. Um And, you know, be able
3: to pass on some knowledge if need be. Yeah. I also want to say, too, before we wrap up, you know, just, man, shout out to the three of y'all. You know, like, like, for real. I don't know. I'm a a firm believer of giving people their flowers while they're still here. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to say shout out to y'all because what you're doing is monumental. And please like, just don't stop doing what you're doing. You know, if there's anyone that we can help plug you in with or anyone we can help connect you with, we would love to do so uh, because we need this. You know, and um, I'm, I'm never gonna hate on another black man's success. I just, I, I can't allow myself to, to fall into that. We're already facing so many other issues and we already got so many other people against us we gotta we gotta protect the fort you know we gotta hold down the fort so with that being said man i just want to shout out you know shout out to the three of y'all because what you're doing is incredible you know it's it's beautiful to 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 watch you know in 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 real time because y'all got to the spot first nobody else was doing this you know um and if they were I don't know about it you know but when i think of like black representation in physical therapy in a podcast i think of dpt expedition you know what i'm saying y'all are y'all are the trailblazers and so you know if there's ever anything pertaining to this and pertaining to like our representation you know i want to make sure y'all have a seat at the table because what y'all are doing is powerful as well and just thank you for giving me and paul the honor to even you know be on the show and you know be a part of what y'all are building because i know it's going to blossom into something beautiful and you know maybe even lead to some talks with the apta you know we let's let's dream big let's dream big you know because we really can do whatever we set our mind to. But yeah, man, I just wanted to give y'all your flowers, you know, while we're still recording. And um, you know, let y'all know that we we love what y'all are doing. It's beautiful. Please don't stop. Please don't hesitate to reach out if y'all need anything. Um, because we want to see y'all win. So, you know, thank you. And also, yeah, shout out to Anthony for for making this happen. And we appreciate you, man. No, real talk. Shout out to Ant, the goat.
4: We appreciate you, bro.
0: Wow. Thank thank you so much. Like your words humble all three of us. And those words will act as a boom to, to help propel us into the future. So we are looking forward to working with you guys again. We would love to have you back on the podcast because we have a lot more questions, a lot more topics. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because this was a real good conversation. I really appreciate it. All right. So without further ado. This has been another episode of the DPT Expedition. Please like, share, and subscribe. And if you have any topics you'd like for us to cover, don't hesitate to send
1: us a DM. Until next time, peace. Thank you for listening and joining us. Please check us out on Instagram at the DPT Expedition and your favorite podcast streaming platform.
2: Keep tuning in and we will see you next time.